0: And now, live from beautiful Myrtleby, South Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Collins. Yes! Oh, thank you. Oh,
1: thank you so much. Keep clapping, we're still here. This year is its 10th over and we're still here. Keep clapping for the miracle. How do we know that you want the 2022 miracle? If you didn't keep clapping, welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. This year is, there's only nine-tenths of this year left. Actually, I think even less than that. And if that doesn't scare you, then I, nothing on this show is going to scare you. So you got that going for you this of course is a muddy waters media production uh we're gonna be having a really fun conversation tonight uh talking about uh an insightful one as well talking about the uh the freedom convoy uh where we are or where they are um what's next and uh, and a little bit of insight on what started it and all, all sorts of stuff uh we're gonna be talking with uh i don't say who the guest is until i say who the guest is but you're gonna be pretty excited about it uh and of course if you've seen any of my posts You already know who the guest is. But anyway, this is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out on all social media platforms, including whatever you're looking at this on now, and on all podcasting platforms, including whatever you're listening to this on now. And whatever you are listening to or looking at this or both looking and listening to, Uh, this on. Be sure to like us or follow us or subscribe to us or whatever that thing is there. And uh, if it's on YouTube, be sure to hit the bell. Don't just subscribe. Hit the bell. We want your phone to explode with notifications every time Muddy Waters Media does anything on YouTube. Uh, And of course, be sure to share this right now. The last thing that you or I want uh, is for you and your closest loved ones to miss out on a libertarian podcast that's roughly an hour long on a Wednesday evening. Give the gift of Spike today. Kids love it. And of course, if you want to give the real gift of Spike, be sure to become a subscriber by joining us at the Muddied Militia. We have to come up with a name for people that subscribe to Muddy Waters. But for now, become a Muddy Waters subscriber by going to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters slash subscribe. You become, uh, by becoming a member. You get access to uh, exclusive members only content. You also get an ad free experience when you listen to us on Spotify or Anchor. Uh, you also get access to the Muddied Zoom which is our weekly Zoom call uh, that is uh, exclusive to uh, us and our members. That's actually happening tomorrow uh, and the usually the second Thursday of every month. Uh, and you also get a discount at our store as well as some partner stores as well. So be sure to become a subscriber today day. Uh, and then, of course, this episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party of America, of America. That's going to be important in a moment because we have to differentiate on this episode. Uh, but uh, if you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, uh, be sure to go to the exclusive. Facebook group. It's not exclusive. Anyone can go there. But it's a Facebook group, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, And if you want to become an official voting member, which means nothing, we don't actually do anything, then go to uh, muddywatersoffreedom.com slash store and you can pick up a Waffle House Caucus button or a Waffle House Caucus shirt. Again, it doesn't mean anything. The Gravy King. Joe Soloski is running for Pennsylvania governor. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to help Joe become the first libertarian governor of America, I don't actually, I don't think Canada has governors, but uh, the first Pennsylvania, first governor ever, libertarian governor ever, go to JoeSiloski.com. That's dot com. Mudwater, the most appropriately named sponsor of Muddy Waters Media. If you woke up today and said, my God, if I had never have another cup of coffee again, then it'll be too soon. I instead want to have something that's made from masala chai, whatever that is, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. Well, friends, I have some fantastic news for you. We There's a company that sells all of those things, and it's as a coffee alternative. So you don't even have to make it yourself. You can just buy it from them by going to MuddyWatersOfFreedom.com slash mud and picking up your starter pack. I will advise you, you'll probably want to get some honey. It tastes like what you think those ingredients taste like. But it's very good for you. It has one-seventh of the caffeine of a cup of coffee. Just enough caffeine to have you all hyped up and excited throughout the day like this. But not so much caffeine that you end up crashing and depressed and Filled with heart disease, like this. That's what it looks like when you're filled with heart disease. Uh, MuddyWatersOfFreedom.com slash mud to get your mud water today. And finally, defy the power in Stitches and Glitches, the finest custom tumblers in existence. And yes, many of them are libertarian themed, uh, but you can get them. They keep your hot's hot, your cold's cold, your lukewarm's lukewarm. Whatever temperature you put liquids in this thing, It will stay that temperature for an ungodly number of hours. Stitchesandglitches.com, defythepower.com, free customization, which is unheard of. I've never heard of, well, before them, I've never heard of such a thing. That's insane. And due to popular demand, and by that I mean the fact that we kept insisting that you could use this code even after it had expired, and I guess you guys got upset when it had expired and we didn't tell you and they didn't honor the discount but due to popular demand uh muddy tumblr code is back if you use the code muddy tumblr you will get 10 percent off all because we were too lazy to update this graphic if after watching all of this you said spike i am sick of these ads i'm so angry at you that i feel like i've been personally injured and i want to sue you well good luck pal if you're in florida we're going to sue you back using personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law that's right folks if you live in the state of florida which is in america Again, that's going to be relevant shortly. Uh, then you can use uh, the attorney that we recommend to get ridiculous sums of money if you have been personally injured by going to chrisreynoldslaw.com. Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, will not rest until you have the kind of money that you see in like music videos, like the just absurd amounts of money. I can't guarantee that, and neither can he. But he can certainly try. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com uh, The intro and outro music to this and every episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on his Facebook, on his SoundCloud. Uh, go to Music.bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. It's like 25 bucks. He just had a new album drop. Actually, he just had a new album and a new single drop. So go check it out. Joe Davi music.bandcamp.com. I'd like to thank Le Bleu for this delicious water that I bought. Bula binaka. Shout out to Taron Turks' his mom and him as always. Uh, folks, my guest tonight is a very active libertarian from a place very far away, a place to the north called Canada. He is from the province of British Columbia, which is the westernmost province, just north of Washington state. I I, most of you probably know this. I'm I'm talking like I'm like I'm talking about some far away. Uh, But he has a background in pandemic modeling and simulation software with the CDC as a software engineer. Uh, He also ran in a province wide election for the Libertarian Party. He has been the party leader of the uh, B B C Libertarian Party since May. And they have been actively involved in the Freedom Convoy protest pretty much from the beginning. Uh, And he is coming on to talk about the Freedom Convoy and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans Please welcome to the show, Mr. Keith McIntyre. Keith, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you, Spike. Um, I I appreciate that you uh, clarified where I am and where British Columbia is, because until the trucker by, I think most Americans didn't know Canada existed. we, We had a vague... Like, we knew it existed in the
1: abstract... No, I actually am acutely aware of Canada because my wife, as you know, my wife is Canadian. uh, And I often, when I talk about Canada to Americans, I often, I'll say things that I think need to be explained, like where BC is. And they'll look at me like, I know where BC is. But then I'll say something else that I'll think, you know, is obvious. And they're like, oh, I didn't know there were, I don't know, French people in Canada, like whatever it is. So I've learned to just say it and just deal with them saying... Oh, I already knew that, but folks, uh, be sure to uh, tune in with your thoughts and questions in the comments, and Keith and I will let you will will, will uh, tell you if you are white right, right or wrong. Uh, Keith, again, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, this is a really big deal that's going on, and I just wanted to, you know, I've been talking with a lot of people about this, but I wanted to get. The uh, input and the background from someone who not only is in Canada but has actually been involved uh, in the convoy uh, almost from the beginning.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) um, I don't know. We're going to start with the convoy. We're going to start with uh, uh, BC. Um, The yeah, the convoy is an interesting thing. So if you if you look at how how it started. Um, you know, it's huge. Like it just, it just came out of nowhere and, um, it it for sure started, um, in BC. And so for those of you that don't know, Canada, BC is the westernmost province. It's, um, about 2,700 miles, uh, from Vancouver, uh, to Ottawa. And when this, when the rumbling started happening and the truckers were going to go and it, it all, it all started with, uh, the Trudeau government, um saying that that they are going to mandate vaccines for truckers and in canada apparently we love mandating vaccinations um, this is this is what we do i've written i've written dozens of political beliefs exemptions letters for people getting fired for their jobs uh, mostly government employees um, but bc is actually doubling down while the rest of the world is waking up uh, that probably vaccinations didn't really work And we should never force anybody to do anything, but uh, last week, they, they said by March 31st, everybody from midwives to acupuncturists, dentists, optometrists have to uh, vaccinate or uh, lose their jobs. And, and so the trucker, the trucker thing was a, um, it was kind of a catalyst where it got people who have, ability, you got a bunch of independent owners of independent business operators, and they said, enough's enough. This doesn't make sense. And a lot of the truckers were vaccinated, but they said, we're going to jump in our trucks and we're going to drive. We're going to park in front of Justin Trudeau's office and parliament, and we're going to honk our horns until until they say mandates are over. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting how... It, it's kind of funny so i i I monitor the media i don't consume the media but i kind of watch how they're manipulating things and i saw this headline that said uh bc truckers are protesting bad road conditions because there's too many potholes
1: yes i saw that yeah i saw initial some media reports that they were that uh that fact that was jen was that uh, that was our Wait, I remember two things. I remember hearing that in the media. And then I remember uh, Joe Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, saying that uh, the protests were related to many different things, including frustration uh, over. I forget what it was she said, but it was like they did everything they could to try to like, well, it wasn't just about the covid restrictions. They're also upset about these other things. And some of them are also upset about covid restrictions as well.
0: Wow, that that's actually a very telling thing about how how they use the media and how they use the manipulation of the of the media. I feel like I got a little weary here, um but yeah, they 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 knew the trucker convoy was happening, and I actually think there was a bit of manipulation around that. They wanted the trucker convoy. We can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but they use they try to lead the media, and you you know this, you guys. Yes. <laughs> have media manipulation at least you have some some balance but they're both manipulated on on all the sides but they they started this with uh they tried to get ahead of it with um uh, with potholes and i and i saw that i'm like yeah actually the potholes are quite bad where i live because um about a month and a half ago every highway in bc got flooded and pushed out yeah every major artery. <laughs> and so all the trucks were coming through the Okanagan. And uh, of course it created a lot of potholes, but I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, why are they talking about the potholes? And I hadn't heard about the truck <laughs> convoy yet at that point. And, and they, and they're trying to lead us, lead it. And, um, another thing they did with it was, uh, I don't know how many Americans know who Terry Fox is. I think, I think maybe some do. He was, Fox. <clears throat> In the in the '80s, uh, he had cancer. He lost a leg, and he walked across Canada. And he actually died uh, oh, before wow. he got to the yeah, end. He was going to walk coast to coast. And so, and again, this is this is how we win win the freedom fight. I think is to help people understand how the media manipulates us. And so I saw this at the start, and the media starts talking, and they're actually supportive of the convoy, and they say, "Yeah, remember the freedom." fighter terry fox was walking across the entire country and everybody loves terry fox in here like it's, it's an emotion it's a core thing like we have terry right, fox right. Right here like it hits the emotions and i'm like this is weird i don't know why they're trying to relate the convoy with terry fox now fast forward to the actual protest and suddenly the headlines start coming out uh the terry fox statue is defamed now i don't know you probably don't know what's been happening in canada but we've had blm protests we've had every child matters protests statues have been um torn down uh vandalized uh our first prime minister he got decapitated and his head was humped on video oh wow (laughs) that's defamed terry fox he had a canada flag put on him.
1: That was wait wait so the the defiling of the Terry Fox statue was that they had him holding a Canadian flag, yeah, wow.
0: But it hit the emotions and people people thought, oh wow, um, boy, you can't def- you can't defame Terry Fox, and you know people don't read past the headlines, and and all that Canada was able to do, and this has happened since the beginning of this thing with the freedom protest, and I'll back up to. Uh, 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 Calgary, one of their first freedom protests, they uh, planted people with tiki tiki torches. And so then the freedom protests were racist. Yes. And in Canada, I think the U.S. too, everything is racist.
1: Well, and I I saw, um, I have seen the same, I think one, maybe two, Confederate flags, and I have then seen a single Swastika. One. I've seen the same one. It's the same one. I keep seeing multiple pictures of the same one swastika and the same two, one or two Confederate flags, and it's two people together. Um, I have no idea if the swastika is someone saying, I hate uh, Justin Trudeau and I'm a Nazi, or if it's someone saying, I think. Justin Trudeau is a Nazi, like, we don't know, because I don't think anyone's actually interviewed this person. But again, it's one person. So whether they're a Nazi, or just someone who probably shouldn't try to compare, uh, you know, vaccine passports to the Holocaust, whatever it is, it's not representative of hundreds of 1000s of people. I I wanted to actually uh, get to uh, something on your background a little bit, because you're not just someone, go go ahead. Can I comment on that real quick? Yeah, 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 go ahead.
0: Very important because the same thing happened with your fake insurrection on January the sixth. Yes. Um the Confederate flag guy, there was one Confederate flag. the Confederate flags mean nothing here. And in <laughs> my local provincial election, they actually I I actually saw them use that as a as a planned racist event in yep. a town of five thousand people. Um that one Confederate flag the guy had was fully masked. Yep. which if you're at this protest, you're not going to be wearing a mask. Uh, that was a plant. And the swastikas, and, and I, know, I know the people, I've been intimately involved with the Freedom Rallies for a long time. I was actually a little averse to them at the start, because, but I, I've, <clears throat> I've grown to understand them more. And the swastikas on the Canada flag are not because they are racist or fascist, they're trying to point out that we are living in a fascist society. And yep. you know as well as I do, fascism is the bastardization of government and big business. And that's yep. that's where we're at in this world. And that's what they're trying to point out. But because that symbol is so divisive, uh, people, they can put it behind um, an MP. And they're like, yeah, look, these are white supremacists that are running yep. this.
1: Yep, yep. This and the thing is, if someone is saying... This thing I disagree with is similar to the Third Reich. They're inherently saying I don't like Nazism, I don't like the Third Reich, I don't like the Holocaust. Whether you agree with that comparison, whatever, they're not pro. They're against that thing, and they're saying that they're against that thing. So I I, I didn't get. But so I, I want to get something on 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 your. You actually have worked with the CDC, the US. What is, well, is that? The US CDC. That's not the. Is that the the US CDC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, doing modeling of, of, I guess, of viruses. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about this and what some of your observations were while working with these government organizations?
0: Yeah, well, I've, I've worked in, uh, well, for about 15 years, I worked in defense. Um, uh, I have lots of observations about U.S. defense. Uh, some of them, yeah, I still take some of my secret clearance, uh, seriously. Um, but yeah, the, the CDC modeling, um, so we, we wrote emergency disaster management simulation software. So we simulated fires, floods, chemical attacks. Uh, the U.S. Army sole-sourced our software for um, uh, training for chemical and dirty bomb attacks. And uh, through that, the CDC said, hey, can you modify that to um, help us train for pandemics? And this was prior to H1N1, about a year and a half, um, which I'm actually now very suspicious about the timing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I got trained by CDC scientists and I was a lead programmer on that. I'm a, I'm a data scientist. I, I, I see data. I don't really understand uh, how my brain works, but I can I can uh, see things with data. And <clears throat> And so what I had to do is actually model basically every type of disease uh i had to understand what the r value was i had to understand the effect of interventions and and what they do um, to society and i also understood the fallacies of modeling because it doesn't take into account human behavior and i remember a few i remember a few times i (laughs) i punched in some numbers based on their documentation and i'm like you know, like 30 million people died. Did I do that right? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) If if those particular factors happened, um, yes, a lot of people would die. And um, I I literally, like through testing, I simulated thousands and thousands of diseases, which, you know, think of the (laughs) 10,000 hour rule. It's giving me a a unique perspective on understanding um, what can happen. And, you know, if you go back to H1N1, um, they stopped, obviously stopped training uh, because they were doing actually interesting anti-government thing. It's a very bureaucratic or- organization. They were going to run an exercise and uh, one of the ways they were going to do it, uh, was they were going to just basically stop people at the door or at the gate to the CDC and randomly um, tell a third of the people to go home. But the union said, oh, we can't have that. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Tell a third of the people who are going there for treatment to go home? No, uh, to work. Because they're were they were trying to simulate what would happen if a third of the people at the CDC were sick all at the same oh, time.
1: Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and they were just going to tell them to go
0: home. <laughs> yeah, and then the union said, no, we can't have that because obviously right. they know a lot of people aren't really doing any work. So.
1: Right. Well, um, yeah, because if a third of the people stayed home, they would find that it didn't really affect anything. Yeah, like,
0: oh, everything's fine. <laughs> Every, um, but, but yeah, the, there were some things interesting... Are actually,
1: how are things more efficient with a third of us gone? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there were some interesting things. Even back then, uh, we had to build a social media module. So they were, even back in 2008, eight nine. they were starting to think about social media sentiment and trying to understand right. what was going on, which, again... Fast forward to where we are now, and I feel very suspicious about this. And then so when, when this started happening, uh, well, I, actually, H1N1, I was actually concerned about because I felt Mexico was underreporting, young people were dying, and government's incompetent. <laughs> so yes. I, I was actually quite worried about that That disease. Um, <clears throat> turned out, it, you know, it was, it was bad. Uh, my cousin almost died from it. Um, they had vaccines for it. Uh, most people got it Uh, nobody lost their jobs if they didn't get it yes i didn't get it my theory was if it's a good vaccine most people are going to get it i don't need it and if it's a bad vaccine i don't need it so for me my personal choice is i don't want to inject something into my body um so fast forward to this situation and um (laughs) i was actually in uh, the Seattle airport, when Trump announced the first uh, COVID-related death uh, in Washington, and uh, I had been in Juneau, Alaska. I was speaking at an innovation summit. It was my last plane ride was to Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> Most people went to Mexico or somewhere yes. fun. <laughs> actually, I love I love Juneau. I, I, I was going to say actually,
1: Juneau is beautiful. Yeah. but it's not mexico yeah it's the opposite i I love
0: i love the experience it was it was absolutely um the best last trip i could take Um, your viewers might know but i'm not allowed to go on an airplane in my own country i'm not allowed to go on a train i'm not allowed to go on a boat i'm not allowed to leave my country i am literally a prisoner in my own country right now and so i you know I, i was watching it and my kids actually were the first ones that that told me about uh the coronavirus. Uh they said there's something going on in China. I'm like, well I'm a pandemic expert. Like this is probably nothing to worry about. And then I and then I saw it kind of like entering the human consciousness and and uh even when Italy shut down, I was at my kids' piano recital and I uh bored. <laughs> so I open my phone and I see Italy shutting down. I'm like, man, that's a complete and utter overreaction to what's yeah what's happening um but now if you, if you understand how they came to that decision neil ferguson and and uh, his decades of bad decisions and bad modeling yes. um we got thrown into this state of fear and and again i was very cautious of the fart at the start because i'm very um i have a distrust of government for some reason i don't know why i don't like authority can't imagine why yeah 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 Oh, data <laughs> data and science shows me government can't be trusted um but yeah so i'm watching and i'm watching the numbers and I, i'm looking at it and and at the time it happened i would actually signed a five-year lease for a co-working space on on first nations land and my company was growing and and then everything just suddenly stopped so i got put in the fear mode like everybody else did for about six yeah. weeks and I thought I was going to end up bankrupt and my 18 year old software company losing my kids university save. I, I thought everything was, was yeah. over. And, um, I've been <laughs> through a lot of tough times in my life. Uh, but once I woke up and I, and I started looking at the data, and especially the age related data, I'm like, what are we doing? This doesn't make sense. Cause when I, when I worked with the CDC, and I remember this with H1N1, I'm like, when they start closing the schools, that's, that's when I'm going to get a little bit worried, and I'm going to stock up on supplies. But they went to closing the schools immediately. Immediately. Yeah, and and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, this is not the plans. This is not what they trained for. This it, it doesn't make any sense for the presentation of this disease, and it's a disease. Um, I'm quite certain I had it two weeks ago. I'm not getting tested ever. Testing. We should all not get tested. Um, That's part of the problem. Um, But it's not a shutting down the world disease.
1: No, not at all. Well, the interesting thing to me was even back when initially when they were saying the fatality rate could be as high as five, six, seven percent or whatever. And I thought, yeah, it's nowhere near that, because right now the only people being tested are the ones in the hospital. So what you're saying is if you're hospitalized, you might have an eight. Or seven or six percent chance of dying—that sounds right, but not. But we don't. I mean, they didn't have at home. This was very early on. They didn't have at home tests. They didn't have what. Clearly, there are far more people getting this, and it's it's not that serious for them. Um, and, and when I say not that serious, I even include someone like myself who just had a pretty rough go of it, but I didn't have to be hospitalized. I didn't need oxygen. I just needed to stay. I just had like a really, it was basically like a really, really bad being sick, really bad for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and,
0: yeah. and the, the fatality rate is something that, that people don't understand and it's the case fatality rate. And I actually have a video from yes. uh, of a guy in, in DC and he interviewed the a Fauci of the day during H1N1 and he explained it and he said, no, like we can't just go with a fatality rate based on the people that we've tested. And, yeah. and he recommended pneumonia vaccines, but he's like, talk to your doctor just to make sure that it's right for you. And it was a like really balanced and, and <clears throat> reasonable interview, but you know, I don't, I don't know what it was like in the U S but in Canada, literally the entire country shut down, uh, for about six weeks people didn't leave their houses. Yeah. Uh, I was coming to my co-working space I commuted about 40 minutes to come here and there was no traffic on the road uh, and and everybody got put in this mass state of trauma and and they got they uh, became pandemic experts. Suddenly they know about exponential curve. they know about our values. they know yeah. all of these things that they didn't know before and then the shaming started. Yes, you don't understand. I'm smart. You're not smart. <laughs> and I'm like, actually pretty smart. <laughs> um, but they never, they never talked about the age related data. They never talked about the testing. And even, even when you get into the second and third waves, when suddenly uh, the cases are way up here compared to down here, they never once explained, at least in Canada, that uh, the testing was ten times as much, and even the CDC admitted uh, in November 2020 that um, the positive cases were probably about ten times what were actually recorded. And so that that shows to me, and you know, backtracking on the modeling, and if I had the data that they had, which I think they did, and <laughs> they made all these decisions, uh, we went from nothing to that in March, 2020. So there's, there's two things that could happen. It's actually a really dangerous disease and we're going to have piles of bodies. Yes. Or it was rampant in October, November, December, 2019. And we just figured it out. And I think we all know (laughs) what actually happened.
1: Well, they've even, I think they've even found, uh, um, going back and retroactively testing blood samples and stuff I think I want to say that as re- as recently as September or October of 2019 there were people that had covid-19 and that Perfect. would that would stand to reason um not, it's
0: not, it, sorry not covid-19 we have to be careful only people that have the disease have covid-19 and they changed so SARS-CoV-2 is the virus SARS-CoV-2 yeah and every every time they report and say there's this many covid cases it's actually fraud it's like it's like saying every hiv case is an aids case covid's mm-hmm. the disease sars-cov-2 is the virus and they switched that for the first few months it was coronavirus cases and then suddenly it was covid cases every time a health official says this many covid deaths this many covid cases that is a fraud. That is a lie.
1: Because the vi- the the test is only showing that you have the virus, not Remen- that you actually have the disease from it.
0: Remnants of the virus. Remnants Maybe. of the virus, yeah. Depending how many cycles. I have an email from the BCCDC from August 2020 where they explain why they went above 35 cycles of a PCR test. And even 35 is getting a little bit risky. It's an exponential function. So they, they're doubling every single cycle. And he's like, well, we found we were missing some cases, so we upped it from 35 to 40. <laughs> and he literally can test positive for just about anything with 40 cycles. <clears throat> and he admits that. And there was a time the BCCDC used to take my calls. like After the election, um, and I sent him data, I sent him information, and he, he phoned me, and he's like, okay, can you send uh, <clears throat> Dr. Henry this information? Dr. Henry is our top doctor, the marketing terms with these things are really, uh, quite frustrating. Um, he says, send, send us stuff because everything you're saying is absolutely spot on. And at the time I was trying to push on something very simple, uh, British Columbia <clears throat> in the fall of 2020, they had restrictions for the entire province. So you've got <clears throat> Vancouver, a very dense city, yep. Um yep. can't have a beer after 10 o'clock. Um, prince george or a small town in remote northern bc you can't have a beer after 10 o'clock and i said why are you doing this this doesn't make any sense right if there is a dangerous disease what you're doing is you're making it more difficult for yourselves because people are going to stop listening to you and he said yeah yeah you make sense and i'm like well why why are you doing what you're doing and he said dr henry and the way our public health officers work, they have contracts with the provincial government, and the provincial government tells them what to do. And when politics are involved in health, <clears throat> nobody wins.
1: Yeah, no it's it's a it's a huge problem. And it, it you asked what it's like here, similar to that, uh, especially in the in the opening time when when they were. I remember them introducing ideas like um, the RO number or R R not number uh, and the uh, and, and exponential curves and all of this to a very scared public. And they weren't hmm. just presenting these ideas; they were presenting the most hyperbolic version of these ideas, and yeah. with no context. And they would literally show. I remember there was a, a either an, a, a it was on the news, or it was on one of these shows. It was on. It was on one of the the news um, channels, and they were showing footage while they were talking about stuff. They added footage from the movie. Um, oh, what's the movie called? Uh, it's a pandemic movie from a few years ago. Contagion, I think it's called. And uh, and it was a movie about a coronavirus that went from a, I think a bat to a pig, and then a person, and then she died, and and it and it spread, but. It, And they even said, this is from this movie, Contagion. And I thought, you're showing footage from a movie that depicted a virus that killed one out of every four people that got it. And you're showing footage of people like blood coming out of their mouth and all this stuff that really doesn't happen with COVID, at least not like that, like in the movie. And how is this anything other than trying to scare people? And like you said, you had the CDC putting out this very scary hyperbolic stuff the media pushing it hard politicians pushing it hard and a public that was increasingly saying well, I'm smart because I saw the news about this. And if you're not as scared as I am, then not only are you not smart, but you don't care about yourself or others. And it has been very interesting to watch over the last few months, at least here in the US, our CDC has kind of had to slowly scale back over time. So like now they're saying, yeah, you can probably go back to work five days after your symptoms started. You're probably not even if you still have some symptoms, you're probably not contagious anymore. I don't even know if that's true or not. But they're not even telling people to get tested anymore after five days and these same people that were freaking out now they're freaking out that the cdc is saying that and i'm like yeah they're walking back all the fear porn they were saying for two years because they know they've been destroying the economy and the labor pool and they're having to actually kind of tell you the truth now that yeah after about a week-ish you're probably not even contagious anymore even if you still don't feel that great so if you feel up to it you can go back to work that's really what they probably should have been saying back in last you know or two summers. Ago, uh, so that's kind of the experience that we had here. Um, now, you're,
0: you're, you're absolutely right. When, once we realized that we couldn't get to COVID zero, we shouldn't have tried, and yes. and we should have spread the disease in the summer of 2020 as safely as possible and protected the vulnerable. And, you know, yeah, it's it, it's been maddening to watch as a data scientist and someone with some experience, um, and. and and it's, it's interesting to watch the differences in the jurisdictions. Um, yeah. So obviously here, we're, we're, us on the libertarian side, we're very excited about places like Texas and Tennessee and Florida yes. and, and all these places. We, we see the super bowl, 70,000 people in it, but here, here, they're still putting uh, masks on five-year-olds and, five-year-olds and they're still trying to force us. Uh, booster vaccinations i i honestly I, I can't even think of very many people i don't know that haven't been sick in six in the last six weeks yeah but they're still pushing the vaccination rate british columbia has probably the highest vaccination rate in the entire um uh, western world 93 percent wow 93 percent and i still can't go to a restaurant well i can i can go to lots of restaurants <laughs> There's lots of people not complying, but right, technically, but you're legally, not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got uh, yesterday. Yesterday, um, <clears throat> our top doctor said uh, we're allowed to dance again. We're allowed to have weddings. We're yeah. allowed to have funerals. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and people are celebrating this. They're like, "Oh my God, we're allowed to." dance again this is amazing i'm like why are you celebrating them giving you freedoms back that they had no right to to take away yeah. and and they'll take it away again if you let them and, yeah. and you know i'm trying to trying to push the business owners here and say like you have to stop complying and it's not good enough to just let people in that that aren't vaccinated you have to stop checking the vaccine passports we we are the only large province in Canada that has not said we're canceling the vaccine passports. British Columbia ex- actually extended them to the end of June.
1: And in fact, I mean, uh, Doug Ford just announced uh, an end to that in Ontario, right? Like just yeah, last week yeah.
0: or yeah, oh, well, yeah. There's <laughs> uh, we we live in a very socialist-controlled province. The chief of staff of the premier, which I guess would be equivalent to a governor in the u.s um he he spent over a decade high up in the communist party of canada and he's he's the guy running the show his name is jeff Meggs. look him up um i don't throw the word communist around as much as (laughs) some people do but it it is true and he's he is completely and utterly and absolutely in cahoots with justin trudeau um they there's a guy that comes into my office once in a while he's an ex a uh, member of parliament uh, for the liberals. And he told me a year and a bit ago, because uh, John Horgan, he's our premier. He's, he said that he wanted to uh, block people from traveling between provinces. Wow. And and this XMP said, well, the only way you can do that is by passing the Emergencies Act. And John Horgan is telegraphing that he wants the Emergencies Act passed
1: which just and, happened.
0: Yeah. And the emergencies act, it used to be called the war measures act. <laughs> they gave it a nicer name. Um, but it, it gives the federal government blanket power to do whatever they want yeah. and what they've started doing. So this past two days ago, um, <clears throat> they, they can uh, freeze your bank accounts. Anybody that donated to the trucker convoy, anybody involved with the trucker convoy, they can freeze your bank accounts. And they're doing it um <clears throat> they can arrest you they've realized that there's children at the trucker convoy in ottawa 25 percent of the people there are families there's bouncy castles <laughs> yeah, yeah. but they've realized this is a problem because you can't enforce when there's children there yep. you can't use gas you can't use tasers you can't do any of these things And so they explicitly said that they will fine anybody with children there $5,000 or potentially five years in prison.
1: How do they even effectively enforce that? Because Ottawa is still a place where hundreds of thousands of people live. So what's to say someone doesn't have their kids, they're walking through, the kids start having fun? Like this is going to be, I guess you can see where I'm going with it. This is going to be so unevenly and unfairly enforced against so many people who aren't even involved in the Freedom Convoy. And also anyone who thinks that they're going to limit this, you know, once in an era emergency power that they have just to the Freedom Convoy people, I think are, if they're, if the Canadian government's anything like the U.S. government, prepare for a lot of people who had absolutely nothing to do uh, with the Freedom Convoy to get wrapped up in this. You know, you're a First Nations protester that protests against eminent domain for pipelines yeah you're gonna get caught up in this too i think there's a lot of people that are gonna find suddenly that they're being lumped in with the racists and nazis of the freedom convoy
0: i will come back to this i feel very embarrassed i had a bunch of kentucky bourbon before we jumped on and i need two minutes okay
1: so Uh, Yes, I think that anyone who is uh, thinking that uh, this is going to be limited to the uh, to just the Freedom Convoy participants, I think, are absolutely fooling themselves. And uh, again, we see this in the U.S., right? We had the the Patriot Act was to fight against. That the terrorists, specifically the terrorists that took part or had anything to do with the 9/11 attacks, the 1995 and 1996 anti-terrorism bills were going to target these dangerous militias and white supremacist supremacist terrorist organizations, as well as Al Qaeda, who had taken part in the first World Trade Center attack. All of these things are now being used to spy on every single American, as well as many other uh, people in other countries. Uh, It's it's the powers that are used uh, invoked against people that are going to. To school board meetings and uh you know speaking their mind uh at their school board members about you know uh mask mandates and s- s- critical race theory and and all sorts of other things um and they and they're and they're using it against that so you know uh the thing i had at, i had said to keith right before he had to go uh and and now he's back is that uh I would imagine that, and, and Keith, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, I would imagine that a lot of people that have little to nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy are going to get swept up in the Canadian government having a once-in-an-era enforcement power uh, that they've unlocked for themselves uh, that they don't usually get to have. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, it's it's a real, a real bad state that's happening here, but just... You want to understand the legalities of this and i answer questions around this all the time so you know if you yeah. think of it as a war measures act there's reasons why if you're under attack you want to give the leader of your country uh, blanket permission to do whatever they want right. but they turned it to the emergencies act uh, which gives them the same thing as if they're in a war and so uh what uh or blackface prime minister has the ability to do right now is he has seven days where he can do whatever he wants he has to bring it to parliament uh parliament will pass it 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 needs a simple majority which is terrible it should be a super majority
1: that's incredible Um, for for a war for what is basically a a martial law war powers act a simple majority that's incredible
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so we're in a minority situation. And so there's a, the new democratic party, the socialist party who is run by a legit uh, guy with terrorist ties in India. Um, <laughs> one of the, and I'm not saying this cause he wears a turban. Like it, look it up. Jagmeet Singh, he has terrorist ties in India. Um, <clears throat> and he's going to prop it up. Uh, he, he played the politician though. He's like, I think Justin Trudeau should have shown more leadership and negotiated with the truckers and people saw they do that soundbite and everyone's like wow he sounds like a good leader but yeah. then the next sentence he says i'm going to vote for it but there there is one more check and balance so we have a mostly redundant uh senate yeah in canada so the senate is made up mostly of uh retired ex-politicians um but they can fact, vote it down
1: they're actually appointed right those aren't those aren't elected yeah those are those are basically political appointees
0: yeah they're appointed so the government in power appoints enough so that they have a majority and they can create new seats it's a completely Wonderful. ridiculous thing but it is one extra check and balance so in this case right. they could end up voting it uh, voting it down um but you know i watched the update and i, I sure hate watching this guy talk and his associates talk one thing that can really concern me and i think this is really what they were trying to get to um <clears throat> so the, the gofundme platform and GiveSendGo. go um so gofundme uh they basically coerced them into not releasing the funds and gofundme was actually going to disperse those funds to charities of their choice um, but enough people fought back and so they yep. refunded the money and then give, send, go. Uh, suddenly they get hacked and everybody, everybody's donations get released. Uh, so that's a little bit suspicious. But um, <clears throat> the Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, who is, uh, she is a World Economic Forum fangirl. Uh, she is not an economist. <laughs> She's our finance minister. It's, it's maddening. Uh, But she she said that now all of these platforms and all of their payment gateways are now going to be required to disclose information under the Terrorism Act and FinTrack in Canada. So anything over $10,000 now has to be disclosed. And, okay, so Stripe, PayPal, all right, fine. They're like banks. But she snuck it in at the end, and it's crypto. And they have already, the RCMP is already investigating 34 crypto wallets in Canada that have donated to these convoys. And I think um, governments have been scared for years about crypto and, you know, a lot of libertarians love crypto. This is great. As a software guy, I'm like, I don't know. The technology is kind of mediocre to me, but they are regulating the hell out of this stuff and they are trying to attack it. They might not win, but, I think this is one of the key key reasons why they did the Emergencies Act, and <clears throat> I love what has happened with the truckers' convoy. And I think the biggest the biggest thing for me as someone who's been talking about this for two years, and I've lost friends, I've lost family, I've known this has been wrong, and restrictions and mandates are wrong. But I've been consistent, and I've spoken up, and I I have I've had so many people over the last two years afraid to speak up, afraid for their jobs, afraid for their family, afraid yeah. for their friends, friends, and I, and I, but I know they're there, there's, there's way more people than um, <clears throat> people realize, but the trucker convoy was the first time where I saw a vast majority of my friends that were silent, suddenly not afraid to be silent. Yep. And I, I, I have, I think we're butting heads here. I think the trucker convoy was a manipulation and i also think it is a freedom movement and i think it's a little bit of both i think we have a <clears throat> fake insurrection situation happening here where the ottawa police allowed the trucks to enter ottawa allowed them to overtake ottawa in order for them to pass this emergency act much like january oh, yeah. 6th where they yeah. opened <laughs> the most gates yep. in the united states suddenly <laughs> suddenly people are walking in. This yep. doesn't make sense. So I, I think there's a little bit of both of that. And I, but I do think the freedom movement is going to win this. But we we always have to be conscious of this manipulation that is happening. And they wanted to pass this Emergencies Act. And they wanted to, and I, I think regulating crypto is a big part of it. Financial stuff, there's there's a whole pile of things going on that we don't need to get into. Yeah, um, but we have to we have to watch these things and watch when there is a manipulation. So the chief of police of Ottawa resigned the day the Emergencies Act got passed. I and saw I like, that. Yes, I suspicious. saw that. That's suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> and so the media says, "Well, this is because he allowed them to come in and 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 this." But I'm like, or is it that he was going to speak up, or he's not? <clears throat> to be manipulated and, and i've seen it with canadian politicians in the last two years and absolute tyrants all of a sudden they, they get canceled and replaced by somebody else and i'm like okay did they decide they're not going to play a ball are they getting um made an example of right like we there's there's some funky stuff going on here like um <clears throat> i'm not going i'm not going full conspiracy here but I think it's important for people to look up a, a company called Acuitas, and Acuitas <clears throat> created the nanolipid um, that without that nanolipid, it, the COVID vaccine couldn't exist. That was created in Canada.
1: That was okay. created
0: in Vancouver and <clears throat> there's rumblings going on. I haven't seen the evidence of this, but there is rumblings that Trudeau and his family might have ties to this company and there's, really weird things with that. Well, if there is even a remote tie to this company and there's a licensing fee for every vaccine that gets injected in someone to this Vancouver company, if his family has even gained $1 every time he promotes the vaccine, he's committed. Right. To
1: yeah. That's a major conflict of interest there. I now, um, no, I know. I know. Uh, so, uh, so you know the the protests now they they've passed the emergency act, emergencies act um Trudeau has been very uh from the beginning he called uh, uh freedom convoy participants and not just the participants but really anyone who agreed with them that they were a small fringe minority with unacceptable beliefs most recently he said they don't believe in science or progress and are very often misogynistic and racist i, I love that they keep pulling out misogyny racism and antiSemitism when i've Anyway, uh, it's a very small group of people, uh, but that doesn't shy away from the fact that they take up some space. Um, And uh, I love that now the... the Canadian liberals and progressives in the US uh, have suddenly decided that they recognize that shutting down even one or two uh, cities or one or two border crossings causes massive amounts of economic devastation to small businesses and the working poor that that none of that mattered when the entire border was shut down and the entire country was shut down. Now it's a big deal. But I want to ask you this sort sort of my last question here. What is you know, I I noticed that the BC Libertarian Party was involved in some of the uh, in some uh, uh, rallies uh, or protests, whatever you want to call it, recently uh, earlier this week. What where is the uh, the BC Libertarian Party? What are some of the steps that you guys are doing in the future? How are you kind of engaging this movement of people uh, who are uh, fight, who are kind of awakened more so than ever for more liberty and freedom?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me just quickly on the misogynistic mm-hmm. and racist thing and you know if, if your viewers look that up he actually went way worse than that and yeah taking up space and these people and like the language is very very concerning yep. and yep. they they have they have this ability and i hate to use the terms left and right because they both use it um we shouldn't be talking left and right we should be talking freedom versus authority but they've That's made true. it so easy that they can just call everything racist and they can get up on their stage and they say science and data. When Justin Trudeau three or four years ago was banning single-use plastics in Canada and plastic straws were evil, he said science and data 17 times in every single press release. And people are like, oh, yeah, science and data. He believes in science. The conservatives in the right wing, they don't believe in science. Right. like, no, actually, they, they don't believe in government-funded science <laughs> because it can be manipulated um but yeah what we're what we're doing um yeah we're we're involved in all these freedom movements i've been on uh, numerous calls and <clears throat> with the freedom rallies with the trucker protests especially in the bc ones trying to get those things going i've spoken at tons of rallies uh, hoping to speak at the uh, <clears throat> border rally you know serious which borders washington this weekend um I suppose there's a chance I might get arrested, but, you know, I've never been a political prisoner. I like to try new things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, we have an opportunity. I need to, hold on. Hmm, excuse me. Um, we have an opportunity here. So, we, you know, just really quickly, quick BC politics. So we, we are controlled by a socialist government right now, the new democratic party, their majority, The so-called right-wing party in BC is actually called Liberals, uh, which people hate, uh, which is a left-wing party federally, but they've got some kind of a a weird marriage between social credits and the Liberals, and they don't have any identity. Um, We have a Conservative Party here, but it's very disorganized. Um, We have a Libertarian Party, which, as you expect, doesn't generally get a lot of votes, but we've got a lot of momentum. Uh, But what happened... Recently is when the BC Liberals lost their election, uh, they had to elect a new leader. And they elected an old status, uh, ex-finance minister, uh, one of the most corrupt uh, people and politicians in British Columbia. And so sometime in the next six months, there's gonna be a by-election. And we're gonna throw everything we have at that by-election. Um, and we're, we plan to win that election. And I think we can because by elections are typically what he cares about. And people don't actually like this guy and they put him in kind of a safe riding, they think. And uh, generally, voter turnout in Canada is around, hovers below 50%. The by election is probably going to be below 40%. And we're going to play the ground war and we're going to get the people that don't vote. And we're going to tell them just this one time. <laughs> We all hate voting. I don't even like voting for myself. Yeah, This one time, can we vote for freedom? And can we have somebody freedom-minded, somebody with pandemic experience, someone with natural disaster experience, to hold these status politicians' feet to the fire? Or do you want to elect somebody else who's just going to do the same thing? Because I tell you what, Kevin Falcon absolutely would fire workers he would force people to get vaccines he would force you to inject something into your body and threaten you with your job you want that guy
1: yeah
0: is the same as the other guy and this is why i appreciate following you guys in the u.s and, and uh you know I, and and it doesn't matter who's elected they all suck
1: <laughs> yes it makes it easier for us, right? Because we can be consistent. Like, yeah, that guy's going to be terrible, too. Uh, a big thing that happened earlier today, uh, there have been uh, over the course of the past, actually, several. Uh, over a year now, there have been multiple revelations that uh, Donald Trump, both before and after he was elected president, was being actively spied on uh, by the by various uh, entities within the federal government. And Jim Jordan, uh, the con- one of the congressional leaders uh, from the state of Ohio, uh, he said, oh, if they can spy on uh, President Trump, they can spy on you. And I said, yes, that's why you shouldn't have voted to renew the Patriot Act in 2010, Uh, when uh, Barack Obama was president, and then you shouldn't have voted again to extend the Patriot Act in 2020, even after some of the revelations about Donald Trump being spied on, not to mention all the revelations of all of us being spied on. Uh, had come out. Uh, so, why are you complaining about this now? So, it makes us, I guess the silver lining is it makes it easier for us because they all suck. Um, but so, okay, so that's what you guys are doing in, in BC, and I'm glad to see that you guys are fighting for liberty. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this. Uh, it was great to have you. Before I let you go, I just want to give you one last chance to give any final thoughts, promote anything that's coming up, let people know how they can uh, find out more from the BC Libertarian Party. Uh, so, whatever you want to talk about, uh, Keith McIntyre. The floor is yours.
0: Actually, I want to talk about the Patriot Act real quick because okay. you know, it's, it's a good example of uh, Con- Connor Boyack. He, his book, Fearedom, I think, was really fantastic. And he points yeah. out points out how governments have used fear. And I was on an airplane in 9-11 uh, about to fly to Texas. And I remember the pilot. Yeah, radio, and he said, uh, "Yeah, we're not going anywhere. The Pentagon's on fire." And I'm like, "I'm going to Texas through Denver. I don't understand how this affects me." Right. But um, you know, I was young, anxious at the time, and it it threw me in a state of fear for a long time. And and I see the patterns happening now. And governments they they look for patterns of fear, and so obviously the Patriot Act got passed when 9-11 happened they were ready and waiting they're like oh Oh, let's wait for this crisis is going to happen or we'll create it um and and i think it's important to realize um we all dislike politicians i think even us libertarian politicians sometimes dislike ourselves for having (laughs) to be involved it It would explain
1: why we argue with each other constantly yes
0: oh yes yes we do anyway um but it's not the politicians that are necessarily the problem it's the bureaucrats it's the bureaucracy it's the size of government and the, and the problem is even if we get elected they can wait us out and they they they're so entrenched and you know it's a it's a difficult place to be so i, I tell people a lot of the time is like okay yeah politics is where i'm putting my effort in because that's where i'm apparently good at um, but we're irrelevant unless the people are stinging bees all over and they're, and they're taking everybody down. And I think, you know, what, what happens sometimes we get too excited about politics. Canada had the People's Party of Canada and they were the Freedom Party federally. And it was rah, 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 Maxime Bernier and the politicians are going to save us. We're not saving you. I'll be there if it all falls apart. And then us in the Libertarian Party, we can, we can come in and we can dismantle the bureaucracy but we're not your saviors politicians aren't your saviors even us <laughs> and and it's it's hard it's hard to drill that in because like in Canada right now uh, the federal conservative guy Pierre Polyev, everybody loves him because he suddenly started talking about freedom well he didn't start talking about freedom because he believes in freedom he started talking about it because there it's now popular enough polling well yeah for him to talk about it i've been talking about freedom for two years it's not popular (laughs) i don't talk about things because they're popular i talk about them because they are right Right. and that consistency and us as libertarians i think that consistency is 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 what we need and yeah as far as what we're doing locally uh, the libertarian.bc.ca uh follow us on facebook follow my um personal uh, leader i hate facebook but it seems to be a place to to put things on Uh, we have a really great freedom social media platform in canada called liberty.com l-i-b-r-t-i.com i Uh, I know the owners of it it is absolutely legit it's genuine Uh, it's more canadian focused but it is a it will always be a safe place to to share whatever you want um yeah, I mean, I could, I, could, I could talk talk for hours on, on all of this stuff, but yeah, I, I appreciate um, that, that you made time uh, for us and, and really appreciate you fo- focusing on the Canadian trucker convoy and, and bringing that to the attention of the U.S. and Americans because even though I think there was some manipulation there, I think it has become something that people can rally behind uh, across the world. And you know who better than truckers to, uh, to be fighting for freedom? You know, I think you know, I read in a book once where uh, the more educated you are, uh, the more likely you are uh, to be manipulated and by propaganda. And, and people often say, well, you know, you're, you're, un- you're uneducated, what do you know? And I think a lot of times people that don't have that so-called education, uh, they know things and they see things and they understand humanity. And, and and they know something's not right, and they might not always have the right answer, and they don't know all the answers, but they know something isn't right. And sometimes the conspiracy side of things kind of takes over. But I, I think the large amount of humanity, uh, I have I have hope in, and you know I'm, I'm sure you know this as well. Socialists and they they inherently think people are evil and need to be controlled. I inherently think people are good. Yep. The less controlled they are, the better they are.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's. I mean, they statists believe that uh, people are inherently evil, and so they need to be controlled by the people that are inherently evil. But but it's okay because we're gonna we're gonna pick the right people, not the people that need to be controlled but the ones who can do the controlling uh we can pick them by using those people who need to be controlled it's it makes no sense but uh so keith thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it uh and uh libertarian.bc.ca that's the website yeah okay and uh liberty.com l-i-b-e-r-t-i.com i've never heard of that before um i -I -I l-i-b-r-t-i.com Oh, L-I-B-R-T-I.com. I'm going to have to check that out. So, uh, But thanks so much for coming on. Uh, Stick around. We're going to talk during the outro. And, folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of My Fellow Americans. I hope you were as enlightened by it as I was. Uh, Be sure to join us tomorrow on Thursday. I don't have a graphic for it. But tomorrow on Thursday at 8, we are doing the Muddy Zoom, which is our uh, monthly uh, Zoom call with uh, me and Matt Wright and the rest of the Muddy crew and all of our... Uh, All of our subscribers, and of course you can become a subscriber by going to uh, anchor.fm slash muddywater slash subscribe, becoming a subscriber for for, uh, actually $9.99 a month, not even $10 a month. For technically just under $10 a month, uh, you get access to the Muddy Zoom as well as all sorts of other stuff, Uh, uh, exclusive content uh, just for subscribers, Uh, ad-free experience on uh, Spotify and Anchor. Uh, with Muddy Waters content and uh, discounts at our store and the Muddy Zoom and all sorts of other fun stuff. And we'll like you more because we do like our subscribers more, Uh, although we love all of you. Um, But we do like the subscribers a little bit more. Uh, Then this Friday and Saturday, come and join me. If you are anywhere near Richmond, Virginia, come and join me at the Libertarian Party of Virginia convention. It will be the first time that I'm flying to an event this year uh, after uh, a haze of COVID for quite some time. So we're all going to find out together. Uh, how how uh, lively I am after flying all day um, so but come and, and join me there and uh, and uh, lpvirginia.org to find out more and to register if you haven't already uh, and then join us back here at Muddy Waters Media next Tuesday for the Muddy Waters of Freedom where Matt Wright and I will parse through the week's events like the sweet little chipper middle-aged men that we are Uh, who are both recovering from COVID, Uh, and then join me right back here next Wednesday for another fantastic episode of My Fellow Americans. Who's my guest? I don't remember. We're all going to find out together. Oh, uh, Sheriff Hathaway. Uh, He's a libertarian sheriff, so come and uh, tune into that next Wednesday. But again, folks, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of My Fellow Americans. I really appreciate it, and we will see you soon. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys.
0: My friend. In reality, you are my kin, though I view the world through another's iris.
1: If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together, become hybrid, at the least slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign. Put it cease to the crimes, put it ease to the minds like mine. Sometimes darkness is all I find. You know what they say about an eye for an eye. In a time with the blind, lead the blind. Who am I to deny? i would cry when the loved one dies. I recognize that body outside with the holes in the body that was alive. Now confined to a chalk outline, Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even make it to the news at night It ain't even make it to the news at nine. That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of my. Hold these years I close my eyes Open up the only 5 I'm in line There's a pointless that's murder i all the time Either lose your life or mine Caught up in the first design That ain't how it started now I will be supposed to survive There's a war going on outside Who we'll would want to raise a child Who the is flashing by Now you have to say goodbye When you watch them all the news and bombs. Don't tell me how, tell me why